I tell you, you're not in this world alone. You're not by yourself. God loves you and cares for you. He's going to bring you to an expected end, the plans of God. He's got plans to prosper you. I don't care if the world or religious people don't like that term. My God said He has plans to prosper you and give you a future and a hope. I don't care if it shows up on the cover of Time Magazine like it is this week. God still prospers His people. He says, I delight in the prosperity of my people. That's what He said. I, he said, I delight when things go well for my people. Everybody say, I'm one of His people. Are you one of His? Bible says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I pray or wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Your prosperity is tied to your soul prosperity. Psalm 121 tells us that God will guard our departures and our arrivals. Whether it's going out for church or going across the country, around the world, your God is a God that supplies supernatural protection factor. You know what that is? That's His glory and that's His anointing. Let me know the anointing is more than just something to have a goose bump over. Hello? It's not just something to get excited about and oh, we had a goose bump and my wasn't that a marvelous sermon and my wasn't that a great song service. No, it's, it's about doing something. The anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. And some of you are petrified in fear, you're terrorized, and God wants you to know He is the God that protects His people. Amen. Remember that we're not protected because we're Americans. We're not protected because we're Christians. We're not protected because we're born again. We're protected because we're born again people who keep the conditions of the covenant that are laid out very carefully in Psalm 91. Can I have a better amen tonight? We're told to put sunscreen on when we go outside. And the SPF factor, the higher the better. So we want to crank up our SPF factor when it pertains to our protection. We want to put it on. We want to follow the directions, read the directions, follow the directions, apply it liberally, and then reapply it every single day. There's not a day that goes by you shouldn't be declaring that your God is a protector, your God is your refuge, that your God is your deliverer. Amen, church? And we talked to you about four ways from Psalm 91 to tap into your protection. Number one, you've got to walk with God. He who abides, he who dwells, he who cleaves to, he who hangs closely with God, he who attaches himself to God, that is the person who finds the safety and the refuge in the Lord. You must walk closely with God. This is a day and age when a lot of Christians want to walk as far as they away from God as they can and kind of just sneak into heaven. This is not a day and age to stay away from God. It's a day to cleave to God. And that's the person, not the born-again person, but the born-again and cleaving person that will enjoy that kind of protection from God. Second thing you're told to do is to walk in faith. I need to say to the Lord, He is my refuge. What I believe comes out of my mouth. Everybody say, say it, I am, I am. God's servant. God's He's servant. my God. I declare with my mouth, He is my refuge. He is my deliverer. He is my protector. Now that's what you should be saying every single day of the week. When you get up, when you rise, when you lie down, He is your protector. He is your deliverer. That faith-filled word going out there into the spirit realm opens up a corridor for God to access and bless and inhabit in your life. But you know it's not just true about protection. That's true about any area of your life. You need to become people who just don't think about the word, but you actually start declaring the word over your life. Amen? Amen. We are a verbal people. We have always been a verbal people from the inception. We pass down our word, our knowledge, our revelation, our experiences through the centuries 
from mouth to ear, and that's never changed. Just because it's written down in a book doesn't mean we should stop declaring what God has said. We ought to declare it all the more. Can I have an amen tonight? Amen. Remember we told you about walking in the Word. Under His wings I will find refuge. His truth is your shield and your buckler. Everybody say, God's truth is my shield and my protection. That word is the bubble. That is the protection. If I want to be under His wings, I've got to be underneath His word. You can't be a part-time believer. You can't be a part-time get the word in your spirit person. You've got to be full-time. Sow into the spirit all the time. Underneath the word is literally to be underneath his wings. And if you separate yourself from the word, you're getting further away from the wings of God. And how many you know the closer you are to the wings, the more protected Amen. you are in God? This is a day to walk as tightly as you can under his wings so you can be protected. And then we talk to you about walking in love. Because he loves me, the Lord says, I will. I will bless and deliver and protect him because you love God. Now, this is kind of where we unplugged this morning. So let me just go down this road a little bit. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. We are to love God. There are a lot of people who are born again, but they're not loving God based on that scripture, based on that mandate. They don't really love God that way. They're part-time lovers of God, and part-time lovers of God are not fulfilling the terms of the covenant. You are to love God with everything inside of you, and you're also to love your neighbor as yourself. You can't despise your neighbor and say, I love God. Right. You can't have bitterness towards a human being and say, I love God. It doesn't work that way. If you can't love God who you don't, if you don't, if you can't love your neighbor who you do see, you can't love God whom you don't see. God doesn't give you a pass on that. So if you want that love thing to work, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself as well as loving God. So say this with me. I need to walk with God. Come on, shout it out. Walk with God. Say again. Walk with God. Walk in faith. Walk in the Word. Walk in love. And then what will happen? SPF 91 becomes a reality in your life. Now, I want to remind you. You start referencing what happened to sister so-and-so, brother Bob, Fred, Henry, George, instead of going to God and saying, Lord, I'm going to work out my salvation with fear and trembling with you. You're going to stumble over this particular teaching. Are you hearing me? I said this to Kelly at lunch, and I want you to hear me very plainly because I mean it with all of my heart. I ain't planning on going anywhere. I plan on fulfilling my assignment. But if I do not tap into SPF 91, don't you dare disparage the name of my God on my behalf. Are you hearing me? Or anybody else? Don't dare put my integrity over God's integrity. His word's not wrong. God's not wrong. SPF 91, the provisions, the covenant provisions are my responsibility. His responsibility is to honor what I put into motion with my faith by obeying Him. Please don't denigrate the name of my God if I don't receive everything that I'm entitled to have. Hello? And don't do it for anybody else. Love people. I'm not done with this message, so hang on. Love people. Our job is to evaluate their walk with God. It's not your job to evaluate mine. It's not your job to say, ooh, that happened, and try to... You, no, you, listen, you have no idea what's going on. 
You don't know no idea what factor is controlling that situation. This is just one of many factors. But one thing's for sure, if God gives us revelation tonight, we can figure this one out, can't we? We can make up our mind not to walk around judging, but walk in SPF 91 for ourselves. Now, I got an early lesson on this. The night I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, 1982, around June 3rd or 4th, my sister was teaching me about the baptism, teaching me about Jesus, teaching me about supernatural protection. And she said, uh, I'm going to lay hands on you and you'll receive the Holy Ghost. I said, great. This just started getting excited about talking to me about supernatural protection. And I was just all ears fascinated about the stories she would tell. Brother Osteen would come back from Mexico with stories of supernatural protection. And one ministry team member got to Shanghai and somebody you know, got a hold of his car and carjacked him and said, we want your money. We want your car keys. Matter of fact, just strip out of your clothing too. And they tied this guy who knew his God to a tree walk back to the car, and they're going to leave this guy stranded in the middle of nowhere in Mexico. No keys, no car, no money, no clothing, no anything. And this man began to cry out after the bandits, you can't do this to me in Jesus' name. I am a child of God, and I command you in Jesus' name to come back here, give me my car keys, give me my clothes, and give me my wallet. Well, I did just laughed at him. They turned around and said, you one crazy gringo. You know that, don't you? But he just kept on yelling at him, in Jesus' name, you are to return my stuff. I had about five minutes of that. One of them turns around, comes back and gives him everything back that belonged to him. Walked away, shaking their head because they couldn't figure it out. He just went ahead, got back in his clothes, got back in his car. Listen, you need to know some things. Well, I was all ears. I thought this was hallelujah, praise the Lord. I was taught like you were. We're just, you know, in the cosmic world and que sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Well, you know what? Psalm 91 tells me exactly what I'm going to get. Psalm 91 tells me I have a say in what goes in the box in the first place. And then I can pick out what goes in the box. I love God's theology better than Forrest Gump theology. Don't base your theology on Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was fiction. Hello? He really did not go to the moon. He really didn't win all those records. He didn't shake the president's hand. It was, it was all Hollywood. You all realize that, don't you? I mean, people are preaching Forrest Gump like it's Bible. No. Makes a good illustration for me, though. You all still here? Oh, I'm all ears. And so she goes, oh, yeah. I go, well, what if somebody robs you at gunpoint? Well, in the name of Jesus, you put that gun down. I said, well, what if uh, they, 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 they have a gun pointed at me and I say that and, and they, they shoot me? She goes, well, then you go to heaven. <laughs> I, I didn't like that so much. I thought, you know what? But think about it, folks. What's the worst case scenario? What if my SPF is low? What if there's something I don't know? What if I go to heaven? What if you go to heaven? Is that bad? Streets of gold and Jesus. No more crying, sighing, dying. No more putting up with cantankerous people. Hello? Huh? I started to say no more mother-in-law, but no, I'd meet her there. Huh? Because Jesus saved her life. Are you hearing me? In heaven. With Jesus forever. What an awesome thought that is. But the problem is God has something for you to do on this earth before you go to heaven. That's what this is all about. Completing your assignment. You see, you're anointed to accomplish a task and God has given you the measure of faith to develop that measure to accomplish things in this earth if you would insert that faith 
in this earth over the course of your lifespan. He wants you to accomplish something, and the devil wants you to fall short of accomplishing what God has called you to accomplish. And I'm not going to repeat all that, but just make up your mind. You're going to go the distance. Amen? You're going to accomplish what God has for you. And to do that, you need to understand things like SPF 91. So say it in Jesus' name. I'm working on supernatural protection factor number 91. Now, first thing some of y'all are going to have to do is set aside your little religious thinking over here. Put it over here. Your hyper-sovereignty teaching that you were taught. Whatever happens, God did. That's not what Psalm 91 teaches. I said that's not what Psalm 91 teaches. I said that's not what Psalm 91 teaches. It says there is God's responsibility and there is man's responsibility. And you should know the difference between the two and just line up with it, save yourself a hassle, and just line up with it. Now, the reason I didn't feel done with this is I wanted to just brag on the benefits a little bit more. What happens if I get slimed in SPF 91? Well, first of all, you won't uh, bother writing them all down because they're right there in Psalm 91. You get victory over temptation. Every single time. Amen? You get safety from deadly diseases. There's never been a time we needed safety from deadly diseases more. From rampant heart disease to the scourge of cancer to diseases that are being thrown out there left and right, some even manufactured by man. You get shelter from danger. Everybody say, thank God. God. I remember one time in 1982, I was at Lake of Egypt camping with my folks and my mom and uh, their good friends, Judy Cox. Judy Cox uh, was married to Charlie Cox. He was my dad's maintenance manager. They're all friends, all worked in the same place. And they said, well, we're going to go up to Marion and we're going to go shopping in the big metropolis of Marion, Illinois. And uh, there was a little shopping center called Town and Country. And in that shopping center, there was a store called P. and Hirsch. P. and Hirsch used to be on the square. When I was a little boy, she dragged me to that store. She loved that store. Went in that store every single time. That store was open, and every week they would go. And uh, every time she went with her friend to Marion, it moved since then, moved over to this other shopping center west of town. And every time it was open, of course, they would go in there and they would shop. And this one day, she looks at Judy and she says, you know, I don't want to go there, which was so unlike her. But she has always been very, very sensitive to the Spirit of God as long as I have known her. And she said, no, I'm not going to go. Let's just go over to Walmart and then just drive back down south of town and go back to the lake and get ready for dinner. Well, she bypassed P. and Hirsch. Within five minutes, a tornado hit P. and Hirsch, destroyed P. and Hirsch, and I believe that seven of the people that died that day died in that store. They never, to my knowledge, rebuilt that store. And she chose not to go there, was out of harm's way by that split-second decision. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, you can say coincidence, I say Holy Ghost. You can say, well, it just happened to happen. I say that's God's power and grace in operation. Amen. Amen. I believe that you can stay out of stores, not take airplanes, divert your traffic, whatever it takes to keep you alive. And if there's still something going on, God is well able to put some big old fat angels in the path or whatever that's coming after you. I say SPF 91, safety from danger. We all have stories like that. Coming up over a hill, going from a revival in Wingo, Kentucky. Doug Holt, me, and it used to be Rita Dawson. And we're barreling up there at the big speed of Honda Civic, 55 miles an hour. 
over a big hump on the road, and right in the middle of the road is a big old fat beef cow in the middle of the road. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, hamburger time. Hamburger helper. To this day, I have no idea how that car navigated around that cow and stayed on that road. I just don't know. It's as if somebody literally took the wheel away from me. Well, you know what? I've been sitting under the Word all week long. Went to three or four meetings that week. Went to church. Spent the time, you know, during the day praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, I was stoked, and I believe with all my heart that an angel showed up and delivered that cow from certain death. Amen. <laughs> Freedom from fear is another one. I'm afraid of the dark, afraid of water, afraid to fly, afraid of spiders. You're a child of God. Those things should be afraid of you. Amen. Amen. Freedom from fear, protection from violence. Afraid of violent crime, afraid of this, afraid of that. Listen, you need to realize who's on the inside of you, and greater is he that's what? In you than he that is in the world. Freedom from violence, the defeat of your enemies. How about this one? No harm. Say it with me, no harm. No Shout harm. it again, no harm, no harm. will come near, we'll come near your you. tent. Well, Brother Art, I don't have a tent. Well, you got an apartment, house, mobile home, dorm, got something? You think he really means that? Yes. Sure it is. No harm. No disaster. I just can't possibly believe that, you know, other people affected by natural disasters and somehow God could deliver me. It makes a difference what the masses do. It's what you do with your terms of the covenant. Amen. Amen. I go back to the 28 children saved when a man spoke to the 30-foot wave and said, no, we're getting out of this in Jesus' name. And every one of those kids were saved. Glory to God. You have to know your God. Angelic guarding. This is important. Psalm 103 says that the angels hearken diligently unto the voice of the word of God. They do not listen to, nor are they mobilized by your fear, by your doubt, by your unbelief or uncertainty. They're mobilized as faith-filled words come out of your mouth. How many know that angels are real? Amen. How many know that your pastor is one of them? I lost three feet of height when I moved down the earth. But other than that, no, Kelly thinks I'm an angel. I don't care what y'all think. She thinks I'm an angel, so that's good enough. But they're real. If your eyes were open right now, you would see angels in this room, angels. They'd be saying things like, good sermon. <laughs> yeah. Another one would pipe up and say, another hour would do them good. Amen. Another angel would say, yeah, I know those people. I agree with you. <laughs> They're real. They're on the highways, in the skyways, everywhere. I think Hilton Sutton said that if he figured it correctly, there were about 50,000 angels for every man, woman, and boy, and child on the face of this planet. 50,000. Well, where are they? What are they doing? They're not activated by indifference, doubt, fear, or unbelief. Their hands are tied when the child of God does not speak the word of God. That much is plain. Hebrews says that they are ministering spirits sent to minister on behalf of those that will inherit salvation. Who are the heirs? Oh, he's a, he, they're there to minister on behalf of the God of the salvation. That's not what it says. They're to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. And who are the heirs of salvation? Raise your hand if you're an heir of salvation. They're there for you. They're there for me. And they're real. But too often they're sitting around like this with their, their wings tied behind their back. 
because they're not released unless faith-filled words are going forth. Just like Elisha's servant, our eyes need to be open to the reality that more with us than are against us. Say it with me. There's more for me than against me. And you know what? What if there are no angels? you still got God. And if God be for you, who can possibly be against you? Amen? You have authority over the devil. The devil is explained in Psalm 91 by language like lions and serpents. God gives you victory over his efforts. Supernatural rescue. Supernatural protection. Answered prayer. You plug into God. You walk with God. Walk in faith. Walk in the word. Walk in love. And your prayers are going to shoot to heaven and come back in record time Amen. with answers. Amen? You be faithful to God. He'll be faithful to you. The Bible says He's with us in trouble. The Bible says He provides deliverance for us. He honors us. He honors the one that honors His word. He'll give you long life. Say it with me. Long life. I heard somebody preaching on long life one time and I went to investigate. There are dozens of scriptures that promise the same thing. You say, well, what about it? It doesn't matter about what somebody else has lived or has not lived. It matters what right now you want to believe for you. The people in the body of Christ are living to be 120. If they want to live to be 120, well, God bless them. Baal says, that's me. I want to do it. I know people that didn't make it to 120. I know people didn't make it to 80. I know people didn't make it to 60. But you know what? That's not your covenant. Did you hear what I said? As much as you love them, and I've loved, obviously, some of the same people, that's not your covenant. I'm, I would be irresponsible to tell you that you're bound to the experience of somebody else. You're not bound to the experience of somebody else. You are free to chart your own course in God. Dare to believe beyond the level of your experience. You'll be glad you did. Amen? Say it, I am free to believe the Word of God. Now, if you don't want to believe the Word of God, then that's also a choice, a covenant choice. It's up to you. Amen? Here's another one. Long life and revelation of salvation. God will show you the many aspects of your soundness package and one day take you on into heaven. Amen? Amen. But it doesn't have to be tonight, does it, church? Raise your hand if you have a mission in life, something to do. How many of you believe that God wants to use you? He will. You know, just this message right now, some of y'all could be a John the Baptist throughout this country preaching one single message. You'd be... SPF 91 preacher and the good you would do all over this country to set people free from fear. Amen? You're important to the plan of God. Now let me just address for a moment the issue of martyrdom. Everybody say martyrdom. Martyrdom, somebody dies in the testimony of Jesus Christ. First of all, think about Jesus. When he was preaching on a, several occasions, they tried to take him out. Did, were they successful? When did he die? When he laid down his life. Not one second sooner. Stephen was stoned, the heavens opened up, and I believe Stephen saw heaven before one stone ever hit him. It is a different situation and understand how this works. God will never violate his covenant, Psalm 91, to fulfill his purpose, which means there has to be some cooperation going on in those kinds of situations. And there also has to be a special grace. Are you listening to me? 
grace, empowerment to do something like that in His name for a specific cause without violating the terms of the covenant. Why? Because God's not a liar. You have to come up with an explanation for it because God is not a liar. They didn't like what Jesus preached, and sometimes they wanted to throw him off a cliff. They'd have loved to stone him, wanted to take him out. But one day he said, you know what? Put your sword away, Peter. I could call down how many legions? How many? We'll, just stick, we'll, we'll stick with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. And one angel can, could spook an entire legion of American troops, right? Just one. The force that was available to him. Can I tell you something? There's a force still available to his people as well. You, me, and everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. So don't misunderstand the difference between God's supernatural perfection, uh, protection and this whole issue of martyrdom. Martyrdom is a special grace whereby the individual, he or she, lays down that life for the gospel. A martyr involves a special grace of empowerment of God to lay down your life for that gospel. God cannot and will not violate covenant to carry out His purpose. There's going to be a movement upon the heart of that individual, a grace to carry out an assignment like that. The bottom line is, as simply as I can, not every person that dies as a Christian is a martyr. Thanks for your enthusiasm over this revelation. Even people that sometimes are called martyrs throughout the centuries were not technically killed for their witness of Jesus Christ. There are other situations involved in that. Now, real quickly, three things we can't do. Number one, we can't receive the benefit of protection without believing God. You can't have it. Say it, I can't receive if I don't believe. If you believe you're just out here in this cosmic you know, world and whatever happens, happens, well, that's your faith according to your faith be it unto you. But if you want to receive divine protection, you have to believe what the Bible says. Number two, you, you can't live it out for anyone but yourself. Philippians 2.12, 2, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we like to just get a big old bubble and have everybody join us, but it doesn't work that way. You can intercede for people, plead for people, pray for people, but you work it out between you and God. Number three, you can't judge someone else's covenant walk. Say it, I can't judge. judge. Somebody goes through something, you think you have the answers, I guarantee you, you don't. You don't know what variables controlling that situation. You don't know. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's in their heart. Well, I know what's in their heart. You don't know what's in their heart. Some people get tired of fighting, church. I met some of them. They've told me privately, I ain't fighting no more. I said, what about your family? I don't care about that family right now. I'm tired of fighting. They're praying, oh God, touch, 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 touch God. They're praying. And this person's saying, I'm going home. I'm out of here. Sounds selfish? Well, you know what? You get a picture of Jesus on the throne. You serve God all your days. You lived your life for the Lord. Family's putting pressure, faith pressure on you to stay. You're putting pressure on yourself to go. Guess who's going to win that fight? You're going to lose, and they're going to be winning according to their faith will it be unto them. And you get mad at God because they had a bargain with God that you weren't a part of. You're, listen, when it comes down to life and death, very rarely does your family bring you into the discussion. They just kind of smile and say, thank you for praying. Oh, I'm not getting through the wood tonight. Let me try that again. <laughs> These things are settled between the believer and their God, no matter how intimate your relationship is. And they're established long before incidents ever happen. So I encourage you, know what you believe, 
stand upon what you believe. And don't even bother talking to your spouse and saying, you better not think like, well, you never know. You'll never know for sure. So what do you do? Go around judging everybody else's covenant walk? Oh, dear God, no, you have no problem with your own. Revelation on your own walk is hard enough without being the expert on somebody else's walk. The best we can do is press in for ourselves and live out the full measure of our days and live out the full measure of our covenant. Amen. I've had people tell me in situations like that, they think I'm going to fight, they think I'm going to do this. I'm not doing that. I said, well, you know what, I'm going to pray. And by the way, pastor, <laughs> this may shock some of you, but here's the reality. By the way, pastor, I came to you in a counseling environment. You don't have the liberty of telling what I just told you. Are you all still here? Dear God, what did they tell you? <laughs> all kinds of interesting things <laughs> that I can't tell you. You're just going to have to wait until glory to find out. Amen. It's not just the Catholics that take their vows seriously. Amen. One man got in Atlanta, wouldn't divulge the details of counseling, crisis counseling for a very famous couple that got married and divorced out of his church. When he flew back into town, his face was in the paper because he wouldn't divulge that information. Put a warrant out for his arrest because he wouldn't divulge private conversations in a pastoral setting. Well, the Supreme Court's already ruled on that. They even sent a sheriff out with a warrant for his arrest. That's when he said, thank God for airplanes. Just flying around up there until the dust settles. Amen. You can't compel the minister of the gospel to divulge secrets of counseling sessions. You can ask my wife. She doesn't know half the time what is said in the counseling session. And we're partners in ministry. I just have a habit of silence. Some of y'all should try that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just keeping your big black mouth shut out of habit. Oh, please let me be quiet. No, just get into a habit of it and let your blabbing be the exception rather than the rule. Oh, yeah. I've heard things that I felt bad for families. But you are not going to get in the middle of a deal between God and somebody else. It's going to be set between them. They got saved and you weren't around. And they're going to go to glory without your input. Amen. All the stories I could tell, but I can't tell. Just to be encouraged, this much I know, there's more to every single situation than you know. There's a world of information that would help you so much the best I can do right now. And God, of course, has all that information as revelation flows in these end times. I believe God's going to teach us more about these things than ever. Just know this, baby. You can trust God. You can trust His Word. He is not a liar. He is not a con. No matter what, you trust this Bible because there's more than meets the eye to these issues. You can trust that God is not a man that he should lie, and you can trust that one day, whether now or later, you'll get the information. You do what Joel Osteen did when Brother Osteen died, and I was affected by that death as much as anybody in this nation. You know, as an, as an influencer in the pastoral ministry, he said, Lord just spoke to him. I don't understand it. I'm just going to close this file, mark Daddy's death, and open it up again one day in heaven. I'm going to understand all the revelation. And folks, sometimes that's just what you need to do. 
Don't rip the file up and the Bible up and say, I ain't serving God anymore because I don't believe this stuff anymore. No, you hold on to your faith in God. The Word didn't fail. God didn't fail. There's something else out there that we don't know about. God help us to stop being know-it-alls. Amen? God did this. God did that. And my question is, did God come down on a chariot and tell you that? No. All the things that preachers put in God's mouth in times of crisis. Every idle word. Better just to shut up when you don't know than to create or make up theology that won't hold water in eternity. Amen? Glory to God. I say to you, you get a hold of SPF 91, God can be trusted. His word is true. Take the secret things and honor Scripture. They belong to the Lord. Close the file, walk away saying God's word is true. God can be trusted. I'll get the rest of this information later on in life. That's a recipe for walking through this life in health, no matter what you've been through. Amen? Say it, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. My God can be trusted. He is not a liar. Three facts about your covenant with God real quickly. It's a sacred and irrevocable promise. He promises you protection. Is it negotiable? No, it's sacred and it's irrevocable. Psalm 91 is covenant language. Everybody say covenant language. language. Number two, it's the basis of our protection benefits. Covenant is the basis. What? Covenant cannot be revoked. God has promised this. You can trust his word. That needs to be your position. Number three, it is dependent on God's conditions. If you do this, then God will do this. Say it with me. If I do this, God will do this. If I don't do this, God won't do this. You say, I can't believe it could be that simple. Well, then, you know, God didn't know what he did when he left the the scriptures for us. You know, God God was having a bad hair day, and he just kind of threw this stuff out there. But he really didn't mean to say it. I mean, no, there's no accident. You have the word of God. Are you still here? Psalm 5 says that God has made a covering for us, for you and for me. Uh, Psalm 27 says that we've been given a secret place in Him. Proverbs 19.23 indicates again there's no harm for the one that is in God. Ephesians 6.16 from the New Living Translation talks about a body armor. Everybody say body armor. armor. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 talks about that body armor of righteousness. And Isaiah 59.16 from the New Living Translation talks about Jesus putting on that body armor of righteousness. That's what God has given you. So say it with me. God God. is greater than any assignment against my life. How many out there believe in SPF 91? Now with all of this underpinning, I want you just to listen to this scripture. I've got the NIV. You kind of follow along. This is God's covenant language concerning your protection. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Everybody say, I dwell. I, dwell. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Everybody say, I will declare, I will declare. what God is. There is my faith. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare, every trap. And from the deadly pestilence, He will cover you with His feathers. And under His wings, you'll find refuge. His faithful promises will be your shield and rampart. You'll not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Let it sink like a big thud in your spirit tonight, church. 
nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I said it will not come near you. Who said that? Art said that? No, Bible said that. It won't come near you. How arrogant can you get? Our God can afford to be arrogant. He's God. He said, a thousand at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, eleven thousand of my brothers knocked out, but I stand. How can that be? That's a man that knows his God and knows his covenant. Are y'all still here? That's not eleven thousand enemy. That's eleven thousand of your comrades. But you are still standing. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked if you make the Most High your dwelling. A dwelling place is where you stay. Even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. Was 9-11 a disaster? Yes. Is the tsunami a disaster? Yes. Is the hurricane a disaster? Well, I heard that God whipped all that stuff up. God is not the destroyer. God is the builder up. This is not a day of God's overflowing judgment. It is a day where the world itself wants to send off of its creation and is riling in revulsion and saying, I'm done with this world. Even the earth and the water is sick of the sin. For the believer... God doesn't need the tools of the devil or of this world to instruct his people. He's got a thing called the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Amen. No harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. Y'all getting a hold of this? Let me say it again. No harm. Shout it out. No harm will befall me. No disaster will come near your tent. For he'll command his angels concerning me. Hello? He'll command His angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They'll lift me up in their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against a stone. If He won't let even a stone so much as strike my foot, how do you know He's in charge and on the ball with other areas as well? Are you all still here? They'll lift up you up in their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. You'll trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me. Because he loves me. Because he ain't a Western Kentucky Murray religious person. But he really loves me. I'm not part of the Bible Belt culture, but he really loves me. How do I know that he loves me? He reverences me. He fears me. He respects me. He honors me. He loves me. And the proof is, He obeys me. The obeying Christian is the one that loves God. God gives you a simple command. You don't obey it. It's because you don't love Him. Now let me get in your business for a moment. If you love God, you'll obey God. And if you obey God, you'll find His protection in your life. Well, well, well. I will rescue him. Look at the language. I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. 
with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. The promise to the believer. Say it, I'm a believing believer. There is no other chapter in the Bible that I consider to be more of an outrageous promise than what I just read to you, bar none. And yet it's there. By outrageous, I mean really an amazing promise. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to try to get this deep into your spirit. And I mean hang on, all right? Continue to cooperate. What did we already learn? Walking in faith means faith is in your heart and faith is also in your mouth. So close your eyes and shout this out with all of your heart and everybody participate. I don't care if you're two years old or 102. You need God's protection. Hello? You need it. Shout it out with all your heart. I dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. He saves me from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He covers me with His feathers, and under His wings I find refuge. His faithfulness is my shield. His truth is my bubble. I will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it won't come near me. I will only observe with my eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. I make the Most High my dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge. No harm, no harm, no harm will befall me. No disaster will come near my tent. He'll command His angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They'll lift me up in their hand. I'll not strike my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion, the cobra. I will trample the great lion and the serpent because I love God. God will rescue me. God will protect me, for I acknowledge His name. I'll call upon Him. He'll answer me. He'll be with me in trouble. He'll deliver me and honor me with long life. Will I be satisfied? And then He'll show me my salvation.